If you want to learn how to be mentally and physically healthy during the lockdown while you're working from home, having a lot of trouble, and especially while you're fasting during Ramadan, then this episode is for you. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Shared Diversity Podcast. My name is Sina Port, brand communicator, content artist, and author. And each week I introduce you to an amazing person, story, or message to help you empower yourself in your career and life. On here you can find exclusive interviews with successful businesswomen where we discuss topics around business, branding, and womanhood. I'm so grateful that I'm surrounded by successful women. And if I say successful, I'm not talking about in the earthly term of like how much money are they making and if they are on Forbes cover. But I'm talking about successful women who have mastered understanding how to make a business out of their passion, how to build a personal brand that's true to who they are, and how to truly give value to others. Today's episode is a special one because it's from an IG live that I did with Nasia Katun. You know Nasia from another episode where we talked about fitness and health and how to stand out in a crowded industry. And today I'm talking with Nasia about how to stay physically and mentally healthy during Ramadan and during this lockdown. And I was especially happy to speak with Nasia about the mental health part because she was struggling with eating disorder and depression for a long time and she overcame it with both understanding her mental health and working on her physical health. It can be incredibly difficult to stay at home right now and especially for women who are career driven and ambitious. We often put so much pressure on ourselves to push and achieve more and now we're supposed to have time and be free in our choice of our day and organize it in the best way and I'm definitely someone that struggles with that personally because I have set myself so many goals until the lockdown is over, until I get to get back to the office, that I've been overwhelmed and I feel like I'm not doing my best in either parts of my life, neither at home nor at work, because I'm always pushing and pushing and I'm not taking time for myself. So this episode was really important for me because I'm sure I'm not the only one struggling with my mental well-being right now. And if you find anything that resonates in this episode with you, share it on your social media and rate and review this podcast so we can make sure that we create more content that is valuable to you. So we covered the topics, why routines are important for your health, especially when you're working from home, health hacks to stay fit, how to stay mentally healthy in a lockdown, and physical health habits while you're fasting. We also covered the topic of neuroplasticity and how to change your brain to become a better version of yourself. And this topic is something that is crazy in my perspective, because when I learned about it, just the concept of understanding that you can physically change your brain is crazy. You know, a lot of times people talk about high performance and mindset shifts and how to change the way you think. You can, with this technique, actually physically change your brain and that will then influence how you act, how you feel about your action and how you think and what priorities you set without having to force, you know, good behavior. But you create these routines that physically change your brain to make you a better version of yourself. So if you stay tuned, you will really learn more about your body and how you can improve the way you live. We also did a Q&A in the end of the IG life where people asked us questions, you know, about fasting and what kind of nutritional things you should do and working out. So you will get very practical tips on that. So let's get into it. And if you'd like to see the video version of this or any other episodes, go and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also follow us on Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn on Shared Diversity and myself at Sinaport. So you can join giveaways and learn more about building a personal brand and career.
the button. Yes! Yes, it worked! Alhamdulillah. Really happy to see you. Can you see me? Yes, I can see you. Can, I, can you see me? Um, so let me just introduce you quickly um, to followers who are tuning in. Today we're going to be talking about surviving Ramadan in lockdown, mentally, physically and spiritually. And Sina works, Sina is all the way in Germany at the moment. So we're gonna, she, she works. Introduce yourself, Sina. So um, my name is Sina Port. I am, yes, currently in Germany. I'm a brand communicator. I coach people to build their personal brand. And I'm also the founder of the Shared Diversity Podcast, where Nasia was a guest on last yeah. year, which was really beautiful. And yeah, and um, I'm so happy that we finally go live. We tried it on our channel, but it's not working. So here we go. <laughs> it's all good. And I'm trying to record it on my uh, Mac as well. Um, so how's fasting going for you so far, Sina? Alhamdulillah, I think the first day was really difficult for me. I should have definitely prepared a little better the past, like the few weeks before Ramadan. Usually I do fast right before, but it just didn't work this time. And But Alhamdulillah, I think the last two days were good. Alhamdulillah, how about you? Um, it's been different, no doubt, um, in terms of just getting your mental, I think it's getting a mindset ready for um, Ramadan this year, considering we can't go to the mosques, considering we haven't got that friendship bond relationship going on, the support. So it's going to be, it's going to be very different, but I've had a good start, Alhamdulillah, so it's not too bad. How do you usually prepare for Ramadan? Oh my God. I think in the last few years, it's been, um, slowing down it's been writing a plan and everything and this year it's just been go straight into it go straight into it there's been no mental preparation it's just like it just came so quickly didn't it yeah <laughs> and i feel we all had to like get used to the whole lockdown thing and like working yeah. from home and being kind of like shut off and then it yeah. just suddenly came but i also feel i told my husband this you know this year everyone kind of is in the same position because yeah. here in Germany, especially in the south, I live in a village. We don't have this community anyways. Like, we don't have a masjid nearby. We don't have, like, a Muslim community. No. So it's it's really wow. difficult for us, usually, to just, right. like, get this connection. Like, feel that spiritual connection. Oh. And I feel this year, everyone kind of understands that it's a privilege to have a community around. And, like, this access to, you know, to a masjid and to just spaces where you can meet people. Well, I know a lot of people are going to be struggling mentally anyway, like because of the lockdown and the isolation and everything. And with Ramadan, so like I was on the radio yesterday um, in the morning and they were asking me questions about mental health and how people could actually cope with it. And I was just thinking people who are fasting by themselves in isolation, this is going to be a big pressure on them. But hopefully it can ease away something, you know, taking away that pressure of uncertainty and everything. Because fasting does something for us inside in a very um, spiritual shake-up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> spiritual shake-up. <laughs> so how do you stay, stay healthy at the moment? Like, let's say, without Ramadan, how do you stay... Let's start with, like, physically healthy at home you know during the lockdown how do you do that well i mean for me the fitness element is like a first language for me right but it's like um i think my family do think i'm crazy at times and i am 
like before on the first before, even before Ramadan started it was like I was getting my daily walks they were like two hour walks <laughs> and then I started working out at home and it got a bit boring and then I went to the park switched up a little bit I remember we speaking about how the brain likes different environments and being at home too long for everyone it can be very draining there's no stimulation and our environment has a huge impact on the way we do things so it was all about mixing it up here and there a little bit yeah. that's how i've been surviving isolation if i'm honest <laughs> but you told me i think so when you you wrote an article for adidas that's why we were, were in contact as well and you wrote that you're kind of a mixture of an extrovert and an, and an introvert Yeah. right like yeah. you like your alone time but also not too much and that's why the yeah. isolation was like difficult how have you like worked out just like the social so on the first day of isolation the lockdown right i remember i just sat in my living room and i was just going i mentally had a breakdown on that first day because it was like so many people at home and I'm not used to being at home. Um, I'm an outdoor person and like you said, I like my long time to have so many people in my face. It was really scary at the beginning. And then all it was, I think in that night, I had to just sit there and think to myself, how can I rewire my perspective? my perception about this situation, I'm either going to fight it or I'm going to work with it. And there is no point in resisting it. And I think one of the best things I've learned in life is learning how to adapt really quickly. And I thought to myself, well, I've never been at home this long. <laughs> maybe this is what I need. And maybe this is the time I need to bond with family members, love my parents differently, love my siblings differently. And I had to work with my own energy because when you're aware of who you are and what you bring to the table, it becomes easier, I think, to manage your emotions as well. So that's one of the best things I did and writing down on a piece of paper my intentions for this lockdown, maybe cooking more, maybe yeah. um, <laughs> reading more, which we never get a chance to do. Yeah. So, yeah. So how is it now? Have you set goals for Ramadan, like physically? or mentally to stay healthy? 100%. It's part of, um, in order to survive, I have to make sure that this exercise is in my life, right? On a daily basis. And people don't understand, like when we're feeling sad and these emotions will come up, sadness, depression, fear, um, uncertainty, feeling negative, feeling everything. I mean, the whole world is on lockdown. So we are collectively feeling these emotions. And the best thing that we can do, or I can do for myself is, okay, having knowledge and actionalizing that. Because I know physical exercise does so much for our mental well-being. It reach, you know, like when you just dedicate and commit to an hour of training, you're now in a better mental state to do everything else around the house. You can manage yourself better. You can manage other people better as well. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to do it. I don't care what time of the day it is. There is no time right now. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I've just gone out there and just did what I can, but obviously listening to my body as well. Yeah. Yeah, I've also seen, like, I think for me it's been really difficult to find, like, this, um, 
the mental disconnect between work yeah. and off time and it was really yeah. easy before that but it's also like a luxury problem because right now I can like manage my time like I want to right but it's just been really difficult because I've felt like I couldn't mentally shut off because I'm always on my phone checking my emails you know checking whether I need to be you know reachable people texting me for any kind of work projects and stuff so I think that I've been struggling with but um, like you say going for walks looking at you know change of routine and change of like places you've been as well yeah that's been the, that's been very important let me just um quickly put into the chat what we're talking about so people when they come they can they know what we're talking about so have you said any okay so i've talked to some friends of mine who have said like very specific physical goals before the um lockdown ends so they have like this we don't know when it's going to end but we, they have like this push to like keep going and work towards it before we go back to our old routines do you have that kind of goal for yourself no um and i'll tell you why i don't um because where we're in lockdown um and we don't have access to many gym facilities like for me i know how to work my body i know if i said to myself okay the end result has to be a six pack I know I'm not going to achieve that. So there's no point in me setting the unrealistic um, physical goals. What I have said to myself is, I'm going to move every single day for an hour, okay? And whatever comes out of that is going to be a bonus, right? Instead of saying my normal goals will be, okay, get strong, get fit, get slimmer and everything. I've gone away from the aesthetic um like look in a certain way to just thinking, how am I going to cope with my mental well-being? Because that right now is going to be my make or my break. Because if I come out and I've just got a six pack and I haven't got a good mental well-being, it clashes. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, a lot of people, like I said, um, with the eating disorders, they're going to be at home eating a lot. We're going to be bored. We're going to be anxious. So the first comfort we're going to go to is food. And so, you know, I did that in the first two weeks, I ate everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, even when I wasn't hungry, but one of the things I did do was keep up training, which kept me a little bit disciplined. So I moved away from aesthetic goals and just thought of it as movement and that's it. And how has that changed now with Ramadan, you fasting? Uh, have you adapted the way you move as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what I've done is just lessen the time of the training. I've adapted to the way um, I'm going out and doing things as well. And it's just a matter of, I'm not going to be silly. I don't want to injure myself. I need to be sensible. I need to train smart. I need to eat smart as well. Because the worst thing we can do is um, overeat in Ramadan. The worst thing that we can do is make bad food choices in Ramadan. So planning ahead, making sure my workouts are written out so I don't overdo it as well. <laughs> and then I think so those are the things I have to work around and just be very, very, very sensible and strict with myself. So what are your routines? Like what's your weekly or daily plan? So every day I'll wake up. I try to get as much sleep as I can. If I can get eight hours a day in Ramadan, I'll be fine. With I think... Fasting, the biggest element is um, the actual sleep, isn't it? When people are sleep deprived, it gets a bit hard. 
So I'll wake up, I'll do whatever I have to do, um, do my prayers, do my Quran if I have to, you know, learn some duas if I can as well. And then an hour before I break fast, um, I'll see, I'll test it <laughs> if I can do a workout, right? Okay. If I can't, then I'll eat, I'll pray, and then I'll probably train at one o'clock in the morning. The food has digested, I'm a bit more stronger. Are you I'm kidding? Out. You're training at one o'clock in the morning? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I do it every Ramadan. So I try to do it before um, we eat this time around. It, it, it's, it's hard. <laughs> so do you eat suhoor right before uh, Fajr or do you like eat before like midnight or something? No, no, no. I wake up for suhoor. Okay, okay. Otherwise the period is too short to eat suhoor and your fast, fast food and everything. Yeah. So what is like that? Because there's a lot of people, you know, debating. I mean, it's a sunnah to, to eat suhoor, but there are a lot of people debating, like, is it better to get sleep or is it better to just like eat something or drink something quickly? What do you think are the advantages, disadvantages? Yeah, I'm eating. <laughs> <laughs> Till the last minute, I'm eating. <laughs> because you've got to remember, the body is designed in such a beautiful way, right? Um, it. I mean, there's a purpose for us to eat suhoor, so the body can actually function and carry on with that fast. And I think people who miss suhoor out to sleep, they're the ones who overeat in iftar time, yeah. <laughs> without even without even realizing. They, they zone out. They're just like in a coma. Exactly. It's like your body's deprived of food, nutrition. And a lot of people I do know they eat like cereal, rice and curry big meals during that time. And that's not good on the digestive system either. You've got to have like slow releasing um, food or eggs and anything that will keep you full up for a little while as well. Okay, a lot of fluids as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And so I, I find that overeating part so interesting because I think the first time I heard about um, innovation in Islam, I heard overeating was the first uh, bid'ah, like the first innovation, right? And it was so it struck me so much and i remember also in my master's I actually talked about um you know i had like this really spot on master's like degree uh where i talked about um muslim podcasts about health and fitness right and in those podcasts a lot of times people were talking about the fact that um Every time in Ramadan, and I've seen that as well in like in, in Muslim majority countries, you yeah. see people overeating and you see people wasting a lot of food during yeah. this time instead of actually going after the mindset of being, you know, mindful and understanding your blessings and food. So, um, I think this time, while we're all in isolation worldwide and there's no buffet whatsoever, I think there's going to be way less food wasting and it makes me really happy. I hope we're going to learn out of this. Inshallah. Inshallah. I think one of the, I mean, you said something so beautiful there. It's like it goes against the principles of what Islam teaches us, overeating, um, wasting food and everything. And one of, I mean, as an athlete, one of the biggest disciplines we have is training when we don't feel like it. Mm. Eating the right food or not going overboard with eating the wrong stuff is also a part of a mindset discipline. 
and where we're fasting is it's hard it takes a lot of discipline for a lot of people you know you're constantly waking up you want to drink you want to eat and for you to refrain from that is what it's a beautiful blessing and then when people overdo it it defeats the purpose of the fast <laughs> and how do you how do you deal with that how do you do do you make like meal plans for the weeks and like to know what you have for iftar or See now, um, before I would have a meal plan, but now we, it's like you have to have a fine line of enjoying life as well. Um, I'm not an athlete anymore. I'm not training for a purpose or anything. I'm just doing it. The fact that I love it. And, you know, when you're with a big family, you can't be like, yeah, I'm just going to have a little salad while everybody else has the samosas and everything. So I say have um, everything in moderation. But also understand this, this is a very crucial time that we're in. We're in isolation. Our moods are going to be low. Energy is going to be low. So you've got to think, like, what food can I eat to enhance my energy, to enhance my mental well-being? And there's a very profound thing I say. See exercise and food as your only medicine right now, okay? The only medicine that you can have so you can um, avoid the hospital, <laughs> You're going to avoid COVID-19. You're going to have a really good, strong body. And with a strong body, you're going to have a strong mindset as well. That's what I think. <laughs> so how do you, um, you said your routine is usually um, to like work out if you can, like an hour before iftar. I've seen that helps me a lot too, because you like really done and then you finally can drink something like it just makes a lot of sense but what do you have like instead of um like a full-on one-hour workout do you have like a like a mini version for someone who's really busy working managing family <laughs> of course people overcomplicate exercise i think uh, and they think they need fancy machine they need equipment your body is the first gym that you live in and i've been saying this for years now When I discovered that my body is magical, <laughs> everything else changes. You can do a workout in five minutes. And the whole point is to move. The whole point is to raise your heart rate, feel good about yourself. You don't necessarily have to have a big sweat on. As long as you get that little extra dose in or that dosing for the day, halas. Start with five minutes a day, build it up to 10 minutes. That 10 minutes then becomes 15 minutes. Then that becomes 20. Before you know it, you've done a 40-minute workout. And the main thing is to enjoy it. A lot of people do it because they feel like they have to exercise. When something becomes a chore, it's not fun. Right? So we have to fight with it. Exactly. And one of the biggest things that I do with the transformation with my clients is getting them to understand why they do what they do. That's where the behavior changes. So anything that you start with five minutes, you have to carry on every day, every day, till you build up a momentum. Yeah. So do things that are easy for you. Do things that you can do. You're respecting your body. You're respecting your mindset. You're respecting and honoring yourself as well. This is part of self-care. This is part of our religion, right? Yeah. Yeah. To look after ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Because we, this body, in, in the end of the day, it's not ours, right? We get it as like a loan for being on this earth and then we have to take care of it and I've also seen something that you said like if you just repeat it every every day um, it just becomes something that is in your nature you just do it automatically at, at some point in time and what helped me actually and I've started this with my mother I think five to 
seven years ago is to attach like small workouts like five minute workouts to things that you already do anyways like brushing teeth and brushing your teeth right like getting up in the morning even like before you get out of the door or something like you need to find something that you do anyways every day and like attach it to that so it becomes uh, part of your routine without you even you know noticing it as like the workout of the day and you make it a big thing that's sometimes also so so you you talk a lot about uh, neuroplasticity and I love this topic so much because it's just this crazy thought of your brain being able to physically change can you un, like can you explain the concept and why then routines are so important especially during ramadan as well that we get into a routine mini break please don't forget to subscribe hit the subscribe button to get the newest and freshest content people don't understand like the time you were in your mother's belly in the last three months of trimester your subconscious mind has been or is forming, okay? So from the time you're born to the age of seven, everything that you learn on those primary years is a, is a blueprint of the things that your parents taught you, the things that you've seen, learned at school, and then it becomes a blueprint. So for example, if somebody was abused at a young age, they will remember that and that will have an effect on their adult, adult life. So I say our emotions are always recycled and it's a product of what happened to us when we were young. So having said that, um, neuroplasticity is basically that your brain is forever changing and we have the power to change it. And your brain is a pattern recognition organ. So all it's doing is recognizing patterns that you are doing. So it recognizes bad habits and it recognizes good habits. So we become a product of our daily habits. So if somebody's waking up every day and they remember to brush their teeth and one day they don't, your brain already says, oh, hang on a minute. You cannot walk out of the house because you haven't brushed your teeth, right? It's the same way when we want to learn how to exercise. The more you repeat something, the more you become better at it. So when I started boxing at the beginning of um, training, I didn't know how to box. I was so ashamed of not knowing how to throw a punch or anything. But the more I repeated myself, the better I got at it. And then it became a secondary, well, it became a secondary um, thing for me, like exercise is, it's a language for me, but it became habitual. So it became a part of my everyday life. And this is the power of our brain, our subconscious mind. We have the power to change it. Yeah. And we have the power to actually say, I want to change from this person to this person. Yeah. And that's all neuroplasticity is. And it just means we have to work on it consciously in order to change. And how do you do that? Okay, so with physical things, it makes mm -hmm. a lot of sense. Um, by the way, beautiful comments. That's the key. Fasting steps of my energy. I'm going to do my best to work out as that helps me mentally. But let's see. Yeah, it's kind of, it's always connected. I mean, it, it sounds so, it sounds so basic to say, okay, the physical is always connected with the mental, but it is like you will figure that out in, uh, as you go. But what can you do to really say, stay mentally healthy? And what routines can you adapt to physically change your brain, like to take advantage of the neuroplasticity? Because with physical stuff, it's like, it makes sense, right? It's something that we can see in activity. Like, it's, yeah. it's almost also when we, you know, when we pray or we fast or we give something, sure. right? Then it's like the easiest thing because we see yeah. them. But yeah. the, the, like, the weird thing is always the things that are not really 
you can't really grasp grasp like the spiritual part uh, the mindset so what are routines that you can do so one of the things that i did early on in my um coming out of my depression was every morning i woke up the first thing i said was alhamdulillah we forget to say alhamdulillah because we're just waking up in a natural state and say thank you those are the two things i wake up with okay and then after i brush my teeth or whatever i'm doing i do a gratitude list now gratitude list by far has helped and is scientifically proven to help people to rewire the way they think about themselves and the perception on life our environment has a huge impact of the things that we do and why we do the things that we do but when we change our environment from within our outer environment changes as well and when you do a gratitude list what happens is we're literally sending new neural paths to our brain to signal a positive outlook a positive attitude towards the day the intentions for the day so for example and i've tested this on a daily basis when i wake up some days and i'm tired and i'm not feeling happy and i carry on with that attitude what happens is the whole day is tired and things don't go according to plan but the moment i wake up and i say to myself well i'm grateful for my bed i'm grateful for this i'm grateful for everything and i said and i send love to my sessions ahead the people ahead i find like everything around me just changes right it's automatically our brain just goes click it changes because our brains are constantly trying to survive right it's on a survival mode. It's not telling you, oh, I'm going to be great today. We have to literally practice it every single day till it becomes second nature to us. So gratitude list is a must. It's a must. Before we go to sleep again, reflect on how your day went. That way you already program yourself for the next morning to wake up in a better state. So both are very, very essential. And there's a dua when you wake up that you say, Thank and alhamdulillah for waking up and being alive, actually. Um, that's beautiful. I think that's very <clears throat> something very practical that people can apply. Now, I wanted to, um, like, some of the questions that I wanted to talk about is being someone who has a business yeah. while fasting, while trying to stay mentally healthy and just yeah. sane during the lockdown. How do you, like, it's a big question, but how do you cope with that? Just like right now, um, what I've done, um, I've actually come off my social media a little bit. I'm not as active on my stories as I was. And I thought this is a perfect time for me to step back and gain some composure in my work and everything. Well, I'm not going to work at the moment and I'm not doing anything online. So maybe I, I'm working around all the other things that I can do as well to give value to my customers and my clients and my followers. And I took social media, Facebook off my phone as well. So I'm not constantly on there. Because <laughs> it's easy just to do that while you're not doing anything. And then I'm just actually literally topping up on my education. Um, because that for me is important. And then I'm actually literally focusing on how can I better myself during Ramadan time and in this lockdown as well. And that's important that I have that within myself. And I always say, I said to my sister the other day, I'm glad lockdown has happened while I am here now in this state. If this was me five years ago, I'm not sure how I would have coped. So there's ways of us looking at this and um, thinking, okay, what do I want 
out of myself? How do I better myself? And you have to keep asking yourself these questions every day. I don't watch television, Sina. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I haven't. I think I've watched two films in this lockdown because my brain is constantly ticking. I could be reading, I could be learning. Yes. No? Yes. So what do you learn? What kind of things are you doing? What are, what are, what are the things that you're consuming? So right now I'm writing my ebook um, on things that I can actually serve my clients as well on five reasons why people don't aren't losing weight and what the fitness industry doesn't teach us. So I'm just finishing that up. That is kind of a good task I set myself. And I'm just literally topping up on neuroscience and just going through all my material again and just making sure whoever needs me, I'm there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I've also seen that it's much more important. I mean, consumption is going up now, obviously, you know, uh, Netflix, YouTube, they're both um, lowering their speed, um, streaming speed, because there are so many people watching. It's crazy. <laughs> it's literally crazy. Um, but I've really seen that it, like you are doing it, it's much more, you much more feel like yourself and human and sane when you create more than you consume. Yes. Creating, creating makes us human, right? Creating makes us feel like we are some kind of value on this earth, like some kind of purpose. And consuming is the part where we try, then go into this rabbit hole of comparing ourselves with others, like seeing how our life is not like everyone others um, on social media. Yeah. Maybe also seeing what other people are doing with their business and maybe you're not as productive as those people, right? Oh, yeah. So um, creating more than you could see has been such a such a big part of my routine to just stay mentally mentally strong. And it's really hard when you compare yourself. Like I have that this morning. Am I thinking, am I doing enough? That person is doing more than I am. And then you have to remind yourself, okay, you've done, you know, give praise to the things you've achieved so far, and just start new every morning. You're starting a new chapter. And I have to keep saying to myself, I'm doing okay for where I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It's, it's your journey. But yeah. there's a lot of things also that I've seen where there's not a one-way road to success, right? No, there's exactly. Not business or like being healthy. I mean, there are things that you should be doing where if you're not doing them and you're not trying them, then it's probably you're not you know you're not achieving but there are yeah. some things you just need to go the way that works for you like for me i've had some webinars last week was i was like constantly online i was constantly talking and at some point i feel my throat like closing up and i feel i couldn't breathe and during the webinar like i was so not confident not because i mean i was confident for the things that i was saying and that they were making sense and they were giving value to people right but I wasn't confident because I could I didn't breathe properly and mm. I, couldn't, I couldn't breathe. Right. I actually had to go to the doctor the next day. Yeah. For him to tell me, yes, that's your problem. You're not breathing properly. That's why you feel <laughs> like there's something here. I was like, how is that possible? Should they give me some medicine or something? But yeah, it's, it, it was for me. It wasn't you know my like the road to success in my personal brand or in my business was not you know, to hire a copywriter or like to invest money to create like an online store, but to just work on my speaking, how I present and how I breathe, like wow. look for the unconventional ways. I was looking online on, you know, bioenergetic breathing, like these weird exercises where you have to like, stand. do you know I'm bioenergetic breathing? You just look so weird when you do this. Like, I'm like, 
it's crazy but i had to find unconventional ways and sometimes we just yeah. need to get out of this road of like oh i need to do what the other person does to be successful yeah find your own you know path and find what's working for you even if that looks weird no i definitely 100% agree with you our definition of success is very um obscure and it's all very personal you know so i agree and too often we adapt just other people's version of success and make it our own yeah and we we wonder why we're not satisfied because that's not the road that we wanted to take right exactly i think that is one of the reasons why people struggle with mental health as well they feel like they have to adapt somebody else's way of timeline instead of creating their own their own timeline and i've been a victim of that as well <laughs> i'm not going to lie but then when you own yourself and your own truth that's when you accelerate really quickly as well yeah so do you have i think some of the last tips do you have like um a must do exercise or a must do tip for people to do during ramadan to stay that start with mentally healthy i think the best ever um thing i say is um take long walks right in the open like if you have a park next to you if you don't put something on a headset listen to something motivational listen to something that gives you life even the islamic talk there's so much positivity things that they talk about it gives you life and i depend on my uh, motivational talks all the time and then one of the other things is always write gratitude lists it's so important the more you're grateful the more you get back as well and in the last 6 weeks that's the only way i've been surviving and drink lots of water <laughs> three three key things yeah. what about physically healthy especially during ramadan what are the things that you're doing that you can't live without okay like my workouts burpee drop all right pardon before iftar Oh yeah, depends how how um energetic I am. Do burpee jumps, make sure you're running on the spot, star jumps, squats. If you have a skipping rope, go back to when you were a child. Do all the things that you enjoyed as a child. So those are the things if you have stairs at home, run up and down, go two steps at a time, five steps at a time, just don't, you know, trip over or anything. So those are the simple things. Use your chair. um lift it up down everything that just gets you to move get creative your body is magical and it's powerful and you just have to come out of that comfort zone yeah beautiful mashallah thank you so much for taking time thank you i enjoyed I it that, that. i'm glad that you worked on your channel <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> yeah, we have to find a solution for this maybe we can have a second round on this if anyone has questions that anyone who has is live does anyone have questions let me have a look on my one as well that's the key fasting zaps me of energy i'm going to do my best to work out that helps me mentally but let's see when you're feeling um mentally like or physically zapped out of energy um put some himalayan salt in your water that way you're absorbing the water in your body rather than peeing it out and that way you find it lessens your headaches and you manage to keep up with that energy level just a bit more as well himalayan salt yeah but isn't salt taking fluid from your body no no we salt is a very uh, misunderstood mineral it's something that our body needs 
we need that and that's because when we take that out of our diet or we don't have enough for our body we end up getting fatigued lethargic um not feeling good about ourselves and headaches and everything so try and see how you feel okay it's an important mineral <laughs> because we're sweating you've got to remember we're sweating it out um by moving and all that kind of stuff so we have to replace it i love salt <laughs> <laughs> okay any other questions i think that's it yeah healthy i mean okay healthy tips uh for iftar like what are no goes and what you should focus on no fried food <laughs> and was that only once a week <laughs> exactly i think south asians are so notorious for having fried food samosas pakoras chapati uh, paratha um, name it is there stop, stop naming it <laughs> <laughs> sorry um, no, it really has helped help because when you eat so much uh, fat first of all it clashes with the water you're drinking so you mm -hmm. feel sick and um it just takes so much, i feel it takes so much fluid from you so mm -hmm. when it's time for fajr you will like just just trained and it makes you sleep like it just you yeah. just need to take a nap after maghrib which is not the best if you only have like four hours um in between yeah just keep your meals like really simplistic like focus on fruit fresh fruit big salads okay and have protein source okay because you need to feed your muscle as well and a little bit of carbs okay and that's it that's all you need to do there's no point in over complicating your meals and i remember a beautiful analogy that i have for this imagine you put a starter in a main course and a dessert and you are churning it in a bowl yourself how would that food look disgusting right that's exactly what our stomach is doing when we put that in there and it's overworking for you to be processed and it's hard to do that's why we feel more tired after iftar sometimes depending on the food that we eat so keep it very simple um how can we avoid the dip in energy that we experience during the day when we fast take a nap honestly <laughs> it's so now after duhr anyways to take a nap and friends yeah. that that's the best time to take a nap to be honest yeah and if you're feeling extremely tired just look back at what you're eating for suhoor and what you're eating for iftar the night before um that usually should help you to actually have a better day the next day as well and what's what has helped me as well uh was meditating throughout the day because sometimes you don't feel like sleeping or you feel yeah. like okay you're going to crash now meditating really helps and sometimes just like calm down you know there's not much energy involved but you feel more fresh afterwards i usually fall asleep every time i meditate okay <laughs> 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 work as well well yeah. uh, suggest some best protein foods i mean i like lentils any kind of beans lentils i like that as a protein and dal dal couscous um and obviously your meat sources and all that stuff meat but cut down on meat if you can a little bit yeah it also makes you feel so sleepy <laughs> yeah especially if you don't have organic meats yes where you have all the medicine from the animal inside me yeah yeah exactly <laughs> I hope you loved this conversation as much as I did and 
Don't forget, if you want to be part of the next IG Live, follow us on Instagram at ShareDiversity and myself at Sinamishalport. You can also check out Nasia at FitnessReborn_UK1. I will link all the information down below in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, the real deal is going on at ShareDiversity.com. Jump on the newsletter, comment below this episode and share your diversity with us. And I'll see you next time, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum.